You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at even a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash Whenever you want, it call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 219 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Wednesday, wild Wednesday, hump day, almost there, folks, of the weekend. Yeah, thank you very much for tuning in. Well, folks, man, I'm telling you, these episodes seem to... Uh, <laughs> I record one, and it seems like I turn around, and uh, I got to record another one right away. Uh, yeah, they kind of uh, they kind of get on you quick sometimes. It's it's nice when you can bang out a couple interviews in a row, and then uh, and you kind of have them in the can, so to speak. So you kind of it almost feels like you have a break, but when you're just flying by, like. The seat of your pants. It uh, it literally feels like you're, you're I'm record I'm down here recording every day. Um, 
<clears throat> yeah, so, and I said, and I put out on, on social media, I said, you know, as the dog days of, as summer roll on here, um, uh, to be, oh, I'll just, I mean, like I said, I've never lied to you guys, I'm always honest with you guys, but it's just, I'm tapped, man, it's just like, I don't, I don't know what to talk about, like, I'm really relying on social media and like, I'll put some stuff out there just to get answers and, and, and idea. I, I once I get the, the germ of the idea, I can kind of, I can grow it from there, but it's like, uh, cause it just seems like, like I said, you record and all of a sudden, like, like I said, I just, I released the episode on Sunday, Saturday night, I'm down here at midnight recording, um, you know, a couple lists and babble about some playoff bullshit. And then all of a sudden I blink and two days later, here I am recording two days later on Tuesday night. And it's now like nine fifteen Tuesday night. And I have to upload this and whatever and get ready. And, you know, I work tomorrow at 5 a.m. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to be up until the wee hours of the night. I can't do that shit anymore. Um, you know, so now again, this is like, I've done this to myself. I'm not like, you know, don't cry for me, Argentina or anything. But I mean, it's just, you, you, you get in that, uh, every once in a while you can get in a groove where it just, everything comes and you, like I said, you get a bunch of interviews and you have a bunch of topics off the top of your head that, or somebody, you see something in a group that somebody mentions, it's like, oh yeah, shit, I can get like the Brown and Probert thing. It's like, oh yeah, I can build off of that and whatever. But, you know, and I ask for suggestions and I get some good suggestions, but other ones, you know, and I appreciate you guys, I appreciate everybody who answers and everything else, but it's like, and you guys have some really good ideas, but a lot of them are like, holy shit, I'm going to have to go down to the goddamn library, sit down and do some research. It's like, and I don't have time for that shit, you know, um, you know, um, I wish I did because I think there'd be some really interesting stuff. I think what's going to have to happen with some of those topics is I'm going to have to get a guest on and basically leave it up to them to kind of, you know, table the, the table, the, uh, the, you know, the, the topic of the day and kind of throw out their findings. And then I sort of just react to that, you know, and riff off that, so to speak. I mean, that's probably what I'd end up having to do because it's like, you know, um, boy, oh boy, I don't have, yeah, because right now it's just like June, July, and August is the three busiest months for me. And it's just like, you know, um, you know, and I, and I'm trying to, uh, schedule some interviews. Um, I have one, uh, uh, tentatively lined up for Thursday. Um, so with, uh, you know, someone I've been looking forward to talking to for a while. Um, again, I never want to throw out names in case they don't happen. Um, but, uh, so if he shows up Thursday, like he should, I shouldn't say it like he should, like we've agreed to so far. I mean, I understand things happen, but so far we've agreed Thursday. Um, that will be Sunday's episode. So, um, see again, so if I record Thursday, it's like, ah, oh, okay, good. Friday, Saturday, I got a friend coming in on Saturday. We can, he wants to come over and see the new house, whatever. We're going to have some fucking drinks. I don't have to record shit. It'll be done. It'll already be up. So I got, I, I can just, you know, easy, you know, uh, and plus I'm working Saturday and Sunday too. So, you know, uh, in just in the mornings, but still got to get up. Right. So yeah. Anyway, no one tuned in to listen to me whine about this, but i it's leading. My point is, is, um, and I don't know why I feel this way to be completely honest. I don't. But it's, I always feel like it's like I'm, I'm letting you guys down for some reason. I don't know why, because it's like, 
I mean, I've been told, like, I, it's not like, and I mean, maybe they are, and I, and no one's really saying anything, but from all I've been told, it's like, everyone's still enjoying the episodes and stuff. Yeah, some episodes are better than others. I mean, that's just like anything in life, but I mean, no one's like, holy shit, your show's really falling off a cliff or jump the shark or whatever. I mean, maybe it has, but no one, <laughs> and people are just being nice and haven't told me that. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's gotten like that, but it's because I, I, I was really proud of the, the Brown Probert episode. I, I thought that was a really cool topic. And, and, and like I said, it's something unique. And, you know, and I've been, to, you know, and I mean, I've been told to cover certain other things and all this. And it's like, well, it's like, I don't know. I think everyone's, well, not everyone, lots of people are doing that shit. So it's like, why am I going to? What am I offering that's going to be any different? Um, but I mean, how, ma- how many podcasts have talked about uh, Brown versus Probert? None that I know of. So it's like, you know, and coming up here, basically it's going to be, uh, today's, it's one of the topics is one hit wonders. Um, you know, like who's talking about that stuff? So like I said, I think, I think, I still think the topics and the talking points are still original. Um you know, in that, in, you know, so I'm happy about that, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I just got this weird feeling that it's like, I don't know, some, somehow I'm letting listeners down or whatever. I don't know. I mean, there's not much I can do about it, but I mean, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, doing the best I can with the time that I have. And, uh, like I said, I think once the winter comes, I think I'll have more time to kind of dial down and, and, and kind of get into a few deeper things. But, um, right now it's a lot of flying. It's, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. And I think going forward, there's going to be, if I can't get interviews, um, there's going to be a lot of relying on, although I guess I always did rely on social media, um, for a lot of things. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot of, Hey, what do you guys want to talk about? If somebody says something, like I said, I get the the hint of the idea or whatever. The, like I said, the 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 root of it. I might throw that out because somebody kind of brought up like one hit wonders. I can't remember how they were. They didn't word it that way, but it was something like that. So then today I was like, hey, how about some one hit wonders in the NHL? And then what do you guys think? And then basically I just stole everybody's replies. Really, um, I had came up with a few of my own, but it was like, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, you know, more hands, less work, that type of thing. So, you know, many heads are better than one. So, uh, yeah. And I got some names. I was like, oh yeah, that guy, good, good suggestion, you know? So yeah. And I think, so I'll turn this into an episode. So yeah. So I think going forward here for the next little while, I always say it's a listener driven show anyway. So it's like what you guys want to talk about. So, um, you know, and like I said, and then of course here in the summer, um, you know, I got the, the tournaments coming up, the Probert uh, Invitational, of course, Minor League Mayhem Tournament. Um, I've had a few other suggestions thrown at me. Um, a, kind of a defenseman one, a power forward one, a duo one. You know, ones that I've already done before, but I think I I did them so many, like, three, four years. It's funny now, but it's probably two, three, four years ago that a lot of the listeners don't know. That I did them, or these people, because all my tournaments have been on Twitter, right? Not on Facebook. So I think a lot of listeners now have come from Facebook. They're not on Twitter, so they don't know that I've done these tournaments. So, um, yeah, 
but I'd like to re- revive those tournaments. I, I like I said though, one, when the playoffs are on, I don't really like to do too much because it just gets lost in the playoff bullshit, and I don't want to do that. That's why I've been kind of. That was the thing with the player interviews. I kind of wanted to hold back on them a little bit, just because. Like I said, I think they get lost, but at the same time, it's like, if that's when they, it's hard enough to get guys to come on the show. So, I mean, if, when they're available, you kind of got to do it, right? So, um, yeah, but I think just stuff gets, that's why I'm not doing any tournaments right now. Like I said, I guess, I mean, shit, the playoffs are, what do they got? Like one more week anyway. So that'll almost be over. So, um, I'm kind of, I don't know when the draft is. I think the draft is coming up too. I think once that's done, um, that's going to be early July. Uh, that's when late July will be the Probert tournament. And then probably late August into September will be the minor league mayhem tournament. The minor, and I'm going to be complete. I like, I love the Probert tournament and everything else. That one gets the most, the most, uh, uh, expo. Well, I was going to say the most press. Yeah. Like ESPN's doing fucking <laughs> topics up, but, uh, that, the, uh, the Probert invitational tournament is the one is the kind of the big one that gets the most, Whatever publicity, I guess we'll call it, um, and I and I love it. But I will I will say the minor league mayhem tournament is my favorite tournament without a doubt. <clears throat> so, and I look forward to those every year. Oh, I can't wait to hear who's not in it. I can get all the bitching to me about who's not in it. I can't wait. But besides of all besides all that, I do enjoy doing those tournaments. But uh, anyway, okay. Let's get into this. What are, what are we going to talk about today, boys and girls? Um, well, first things first. Um, well, before we get into it, of course, I have to, you know, got to, the guys who you know, who are paying for this mud show. Um, this guy, you talk about the sponsors. Um, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you. Uh, of course, also on this network is Terry Ryan. Um, so definitely check out his show. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Alec Olin Salen over there at the Five for Fighting podcast, the old mud show there in North Carolina. Yeah, him and his dog Puddles bringing you the hard hit East Coast League action. His last episode, he had Nico Blatchman on. Uh, great interview. Before that, he had uh, Chris Ortobody and uh, Anthony Collins. He's really cornered the East Coast League market. Um, I'm actually, and well, and there's another topic, uh, speaking of, um, I had asked him. If he had done, uh, or if he was, because Alec is kind of like the East Coast League thing is kind of his 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 niche. I mean, he does more shit than that, but lately it's been, um, you know, because he has the YouTube, Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Please subscribe to it. I'm trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers. Oh, speaking of you, okay, I'll get into the YouTube thing in a second. But trying to get Alec to a thousand subscribers, um, he had actually start, he started at the beginning of the year, um, and he's been uploading the East Coast League fights from this past season. So if you want to check out the young kids, check them out. Hey, Garrett Glotz, uh, Skiho, Matthew Gagnon, Anthony Collins, Nico, uh, Kyle Newber, Newber, um, yeah, all those guys. Definitely, uh, like I said, some young kids, man, that are, are they can bang. Fuck a good show, uh, good shows, a couple good, good showings. Um, yeah, so subscribe to Alex's channel. Check it out. Um, but like I said, he was really, he, um, he was, he was, a Florida Everblade, actually, they they won the championship, I think Florida won last week, um, 
whatever, the Kelly Cup, I believe that's what it's called in the East Coast League. Um, but Alec had, while they were living in Florida briefly there, they had like partial season tickets or however they, half season tickets or whatever. Um, and he really enjoyed himself and, uh, and like he would, he would pump it up and he would put the fights out and there, like I said, there were some good fights and, um, like I said, I don't watch like every, well, everybody listening knows I don't watch anymore or whatever, but I will say his, <laughs> Alec's enthusiasm kind of got me to pay it a little, not that I was buying games and tuning in, but like, I would start paying attention to these Coast League. And, oh, you got to check out this fight or whatever. He posts shit. And, I mean, he's posting it, so I'd watch it anyway. But it was like, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of cool to, uh, um, like I said, some in a, in a casual way, but to be sort of excited about fighting again, or a hockey again. It's like, oh, Nuber and Howe are playing again. Because they think that him and Howe fought four times this year. Oh, you gotta watch. There's gonna be a big fight tonight. They're gonna big rematch. How you know Nuber's looking for it, and and they'd fight and whatever. And it was like it reminded me a little bit of the old days, like when there was actually oh potential fights. I mean, when they'd actually would fight. Now it's potential fight, and you gotta wait three fucking weeks for them to fight. But I mean, um, you know, so it was sort of it took me back to the old fight days, um, somewhat. So it was it was kind of cool to watch to be to be kind of immersed into the East Coast League a little bit this year. Um, the point of all this, of what I'm trying to say is, um, yeah, so Alex sort of had, you know, like I said, he's had the East Coast League players on and him and John, he had John on and they talked about like just kind of the tough guys and, and just, just a general year in review type of thing. Um, and once again, like, as I said at the top of the show, here I am just kind of scrambling around oh, for ideas. What should I talk about? Whatever. Well, one of them was, well, what what I actually I've done what am I one two I've done it twice uh, so far and I'm going to do it more. I keep saying I'm going to do it, uh, more of these, but I had I had gone on specific uh, message boards and and fight groups and just put who is everyone's top, I, the one was who's everyone's top ten. Here's my email. At, don't post it because I don't want anybody you know whatever. Well, I'll keep it private. Here's my email address. Email me your top ten. None of this, no particular order. None of this bullshit. Although four friggin' dorks still did that, even though I said not to. Um, reading comprehension. I'm going to talk about that in a sec too. Um, but I said if you could email me your top ten, and I'm going to score it. I think I it was a pretty good reply. I got a hundred people reply, hundred or hundred and a few anyway. And uh, basically, I just added. It took me a couple days, but I did like a kind of a scoring system, and I came up with the people's top ten. And that was an episode. It wasn't like I really gave a shit who's the, what the top 10 was, but it was like, it was an episode and it got people invested in it because it's like, well, I voted for this. Let's see what other people said. And it actually, the, and the episode did quite well in terms of downloads. Um, so then I did, uh, an LNAH one. Um, and again, that feedback, I didn't get quite as many, uh, email. Well, that one I was sp- specific. That was the first one I did. Pardon me. I did the LNAH one first. And I basically asked, how did I do it? I asked players, it was 25 players, ex-players, 20 players, and like 20 fans, something like that. Uh, it was the same, I, I asked I asked a whole bunch of players, because I wanted to get their, I mean, they, who would know better than them, right? And um, yeah, I can't remember if it was last year, was that last year or the year before? God, it was last year. But, uh, so that, you know, the top 10. And then I had Alec on to do that. But, um, uh, 
Yeah, so I want to kind of do that with the East Coast League from this year. Who, who like just who are the top five? I think we'll just do top five. Who are the top five toughest guys in the East Coast League this year? And I'm gonna and I I specifically joined an East Coast League Facebook group um, to do this exercise. I mean, I'll put it up on the fight boards and on my page as well. But um, and, and I will do that here in the next couple of weeks. And then I will have, and I mean, no one, like, Alec would know far better about these guys than I do. I mean, I've seen some of their fights and stuff, but Alec was, like I said, was quite invested in the league. So, I mean, he'll know, he'll know the guys in and out and all the fights that they had. So, I'm going to have him on the show and uh, we're going to talk about that. So, that'll be something, like I said, sort of, like I said, it's manufacturing a show. And, uh, and like I said, and hopefully it will, um, you know, as I said, it being a new member of that East Coast League group. Hopefully when I post it up, it'll get me new listeners because it'll be like, well, I voted in that. I want to hear what happened. And then they listen. It's like, I don't mind this guy's show and maybe I'll check out other stuff. Maybe. I mean, that, 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 I mean, that, and that's the point of this whole thing too, right? Is to draw people in. And I've already talked to a few guys that I know never listened to the show before that now are listening to the show because of the Brown Probert thing. Or at least they claim they're listening to the show now. I don't know. I'm going to have them on, a couple of them on, so hopefully. But uh, it's just a way to drag out um, new... Li- it's a way to attract new listeners. I mean, that's bottom line. Um, you know, and I need content, and, and here we go. It sort of all comes together. But uh, anyway, Alec, Five for Fighting podcast. Check it out. Um he has, I, I, oh, also, he has a tremendous back catalog as well. By Lois, Ray, Segroy, Yablonski. So definitely give his show a listen. And his dog puddles. He's trying to train his dog. Actually, his dog's name is Gates. But, and he is a little hellhound. Yeah, chewing on everything. Although he ate his crocs, so I'm happy with little Gates there. So, floppy-eared motherfucker. Yeah. So, um, yes, YouTube. Well, last, Last episode, oh, so long ago, all three days ago, um, I ranted and raved about YouTube shutting down Paul in the UK, the UK's fight channel that had like 4,000 videos and like 10,000 subscribers just out of the blue. They just canceled this thing for gratuitous violence. So I fucking tweeted at YouTube and gave him shit. And so did many other people. And the thing that was real uh, upsetting about it was there was a lot of older footage from the the, the British League that uh, Paul didn't have copies of, backup of, and it was gone. And there was a bunch of footage that was forever gone. And like I I talked about that is a that is hockey fight history that will that is gone now. Well, thankfully, YouTube came to their senses and restored his channel, so his channel is back up. Thankfully. So the first thing I said to Paul was, congratulations for getting your channel up. Now, bloody well, back that shit up now. So, which he is doing. He said he's already done some. So I said, yeah, definitely back up that old stuff for sure. So if this ever happens again, you're covered. So, but I'm very glad that Paul got his channel up. I'm glad YouTube righted their wrong. Hey, you got to give him, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, the whole bullshit that they canceled it and all that. At the same time, clearly they got the message from people tweeting at them, and they restored it. So, 
Um, I'm glad they did that. They, they righted some wrongs. So that, that is good. Um, it's still, it, I I read some of the people saying, oh, it went down, whatever. And there's always the conspiracy theory running around that, oh, the NHL did it or something. No, it's obviously a computer algorithm that does it. Um, cause I could, I could tell you firsthand it is because I've been having issues with my channel. I'm waiting. Mine's going to be the next one to go. Um, but, um, I mean, we'll see, but I'm, I'm curious to know why, like I said, that's the problem with YouTube. Like I said, there's no 800 number, you know, that you can call and talk to anyone. Everything's automated. Um, cause the stuff I've had was some, I don't even have any copyright strikes. I don't have anything against mine, but I took a, they, I had a bunch of videos taken down. So, um, nothing's threatened that they were going to shut the account down, but, um, you know, we'll see, like I said, it's sort of, uh, I don't know these days with YouTube, it's the last year and a bit with YouTube has been goofy. I mean, I never had a problem before. I mean, I, yeah, I never had a problem before, but I mean, this last little while has been a little, I don't know what's going on, but anyway, nonetheless, Paul's channel is back at it and he, we're back in the saddle at the UK fights. So that's good. Um, yeah, I was happy for that. Um, what do I have written here? Like I said, I got my notes here. Um, well, two of the things, uh, well, I was going to say, you know, this is going to be a short episode of 20 minutes. I haven't even really talked about anything. Um, Really, the two topics that I'm going to talk about today, um, one is just going to be a brief thing because I was asked the question, um, was LNAH salaries? Somebody asked me uh, about them and uh, I had a pretty good idea, give or take what they were. Now, this is during the prime and just to confirm it, I emailed two different players, ex-players and asked them and... uh Got some feedback and some confirmation, and uh, I'm not going to say who they were. doesn't really matter, but uh, they played right during the peak of what I would think would be the salaries, because I would think, now again, I'm just throwing, this is just pure speculation on my point, on my part, um, well, no, I shouldn't say that. I have heard from a few people, and this is what the conclusion I came up with, I guess, um, that I would say from about 04 to 07-ish, 08-ish, um, was sort of the peak of the money in the LMAH. It since has died off. I'd be fairly confident in saying that the players that are playing right now did are not making what the guys in 2005 made, uh, or 2006, 2007. Um, I might be wrong, but I don't, I don't think so. Um, well, because that, for the very fact that the guys that are playing now don't have the experience that the guys in 05, 06, like there's no Brandon Sugg, like say whatever you want about Brandon Sugg, the guy played in the American League and all over the place and, and you had, well, you had guys coming back from the NHL, you had guys playing from the American League coming down and played in the East Coast League and blah, 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 coming and they were all in that league from, you know, 03 to 09, whatever I always call that sort of the peak of the LNAH, um, Whereas now it's a little more younger kids that played in the Quebec League and maybe played overseas for a year or two and and that type of thing. So the the experience level isn't there. So clearly the money level isn't going to be there. Um, whereas back in the in the in the peak of the LNH, so to speak, um, it was sort of an arms race and 
always kind of, uh, ref- kind of, uh, go back and use the reference of like, you know, the Mr. Burns and the slow pitch team, you know, when he's playing the other power plant and they bet a million dollars in the game. That's kind of what the LNH was back then. I think he had a bunch of rich guys all sort of sitting around and, you know, this was their, their play thing was the teams and my team will crush your team. And how would you care to wager on that? And, and, uh, I mean, you know, and not, it's so to speak. So, um, man, there was some, you know, there was always really early 0203, you know, that kind of thing. Um, there was always, all oh, that's how the Hells Angels laundered their money and all that. And, you know, and there was some shady shit going on without a doubt. And, you know, I'm sure the, you know, the back door, I'm sure some money went out the back door and all that stuff and, you know, whatever. And I'm sure the tax man didn't know about all of it and the beer sales, you know, and shit like that. But, hey, everyone, it, places were packed and everybody was loving it. So I don't know who's hurting who here, right? But, um, anyway, uh, so the LNH salaries, I will get into that in a sec. And then, um, yeah, the one hit wonder, uh, topic came up. Um, and I have a bunch of guys that I will talk about. Um, actually, I, I really, and that was, like I said at the start, that was the, the question I put out on social media today. And I love the response. Got a real strong response on it, which I really appreciated. And, uh, some good names. And so tonight I kind of sat down and kind of went through games played and, um, fights and all that type of thing. So I'll hit you guys with that here quickly. But, uh, other than that, um, yeah. what I said earlier about the reading comprehension, I don't know. I've, I've, it's, again, it's one of those things I've ranted and raved on here about, about it before. And I don't, I don't get it. Um, I'm not going to say, it doesn't matter who the guy's name was, whatever, but, um, I put it out there. I said, I, I said, Hey, we're going into the dog days of summer. I'm tapped out on topics. If anybody out there has any ideas, you know, shoot me for some episodes for some podcast episodes. Ah, son of a bitch. Hold on. I'm going to go look at what I put here. Sorry about that. I had to, I wanted to go back to the, my social media just to make sure I got my wording right. Yes. I put a little kind of, you know, kind of, uh, siren things on the little emojis and I'm like podcast listener question. As we enter the dog days of summer, I'm looking for topics. Honestly, I'm tapped and I'm looking for suggestions. Thank you. Um, well, and just kind of, um, and I, and I really, again, I appreciate, um, the people that took the time to read my post, comprehend what they read, and then suggested a few things. Um, the rise and fall of the LNH, uh, Well, it's funny, Corey Bolio said, the difference in off-season training and nutrition now to back in the 70s and 80s when training camp was for getting into shape. And I told him, I said, well, that would be a topic you'd be much more qualified to answer. His reply was, oh, I got sent home from Hartford camp for showing up terribly out of shape. Today's players are 12-month-a-year committed. Yeah, so. But, uh, Corey, we need to get you on the show. You'd be an entertaining guy. Um, well, old... Uh, yeah, Y2J there, old, uh, Chris, um, he brought up the Domi Ray, because of course we had Probert, Dome, or Brown, you know, whatever. Well, probably the most famous rivalry also is Domi and Ray. And, uh, Chris was in Buffalo back then, 
and he has a DVD that has all the fights, the interviews, because like I said, he was right in the Buffalo market. So the news about each of the fight, blah, blah, blah. And he's got, I think the DVD's like two hours. So you can imagine there's a lot of, I mean, there's only 13, I mean, yeah, they fought 13 times, but how do you get an hour and 50 minutes out of 13 fights? So there's a lot of news build up and stuff. But I mean, that is certainly a topic that I want to cover because it probably is in terms of hockey fights. It's one of the best rivalries ever. So talk about that. Um, uh, and this guy asked about LNH salaries in the early to mid 2000s. So I got you covered here. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, yeah, well, Alec brought it up and I, and I, uh, talked about this on the show a bunch of time. I want to dedicate an episode to the, well, nobody can see me, but I'm doing air quotes, the code. Yeah, I'll definitely want to talk about that. I've said that a bunch of times, but I don't want to kind of glaze over. I want to talk to a bunch of different players about it. Um, uh, I've talked to a few people about it and, uh, yeah, anyway. We'll, uh, I'll talk more about that later. Um, yeah, so that was about it. And then this guy, uh, a niche topic to talk would be the senior hockey in Canada. And it's somewhat, uh, predictable, but recently rapid decline. Um, well, sir, uh, I had Dave on and we talked a little bit about senior hockey, um, more, but just his being around it and that type of thing. Um, but, if you, I'll, I'm going to talk to this Mike, uh, Mike and Mike, if you're listening, uh, I want to get a hold of you because I don't know how deep into senior hockey you are. And I think a lot of listeners don't understand how, um, rich senior hockey, um, history is. I mean, the Allen cup is, I mean, I think the Allen cup's older than the Stanley cup. Am I up my ass by saying that? I believe it is the Allen cup. Um, or it's, it's old anyway, we'll put it that way. And that's basically senior hockey's Stanley Cup. And over the years, he is right. I, from what I can tell, there has been a decline in senior hockey. Um, but it was a big deal. And, and guys were getting paid good money to come play, blah, blah. Well, like I said, there's the whole comedy shorzy is about senior hockey and bringing in guys and all that. I mean, yeah, it's a comedy bit, but at, essentially at the core was, a senior hockey team and they're trying to attract people. So they bring in ringers, so to speak. And that's been going on for decades and decades. And, um, um, and you know, and they're, you know, Bentley and, and that type of thing. And, um, Stony Plain, that, um, you know, there's, uh, some, some incredible senior teams out there that have a real rich history. And, um, I think it is falling off a little bit. Um, again, uh, that's, uh, so Mike, if you're listening and you, and you're involved in senior or you know all about it or whatever, I would love to have you on to talk about that. So definitely. Um, anyway, these are some of the suggestions that I've gotten on, on some, on my social media posts. But I, so you read what I, so you heard what I wrote. And then I had one guy, all of a sudden he writes back, well, spitting chiglets and chucking knucks and, send it or some podcast I suggest those and I'm like well I'm not talking about I want a pod to listen to a podcast I have a podcast I'm asking about topics for my podcast and he replies oh sorry I'm just trying to be helpful sorry bro and it's just like read man like 
so I, I said to him in all seriousness, I was kind of like, I, I it was in the hockey group. It was in one of the Facebook groups. And I noticed this guy's been a member for almost two years in that group. So I said to him, because this is a topic, I think I talked about this last episode or the episode before. It was recently anyway. Like I said, all this shit runs together after a while. Sorry, folks. Um, I said to him in all seriousness, though, um, how do you not know I don't have a podcast? If you're, you've been in this group for two years, I, and this is an exaggeration, I post an episode every day. Like I post my episode, and when I get to work, that's what I do. That's my morning ritual. As the, as I'm getting into the truck and I do the circle check and I'm warming the truck up, I get on my phone and post, uh, repost all my show episodes every day. So every morning at like 6.30 in the morning, Saskatchewan time, I, I repost all my episodes every day on the three fight on the three Facebook groups and on Twitter. So I told this guy every day I post something, I post an episode in this group and you've been a member of this group for almost two years and you've never noticed it. You've never read it. Now I'm not expect you know, that you ever listen, but it's like, how do you not see that? Like I've seen other shows post, I don't maybe listen to them, but I've seen the shows posted in the groups or on my Twitter feed. I see these shows posting their episodes. Like I know their podcasts. How do you not know I don't have a podcast? And this is what I was asking him. I said, what would make you tune in or what would make you notice my post then? What would make you notice? Like what am I not doing? Because I need to this feedback. Because I'm doing as much as I think I can. I don't know what more I can do. Like other than like, you know, wrap. I I can't make, I can't wrap the posts and or the threads in neon. Like look here, look here. Like how do I get people to look and to listen? I'm asking as a creator, I need to know this. And of course, and then he deletes everything and he didn't reply to me. I'm like, well, and I've said, well, the thing is I can't ask anybody listening because you're already listening. What makes you want to listen to, well, you guys are all listening to this already, so I can't ask you. You already are here. Um, but that's why I always tell you guys, I mean, you know, I mean, I know I ask, the, uh, you know, I try not to ask the listener, you guys for too much, but it's always said, if you have a friend or something that's into fight, tell them about the show. You guys are my billboard. Like I said, I don't have alcohol named after me. I'm not on a major net. I'm not knocking the network, but you know what I'm saying? I'm not on Barstool, I'm not on ESPN. I don't do TSN. I'm not on TSN radio. So I don't have that massive reach that, that the dangles and the biz, that the spit and chiglets and Merrick and all those guys do. So when you're a smaller podcast, you're scratching and clawing for everything. I always feel bad that I upload my episodes every day. I always think I'm spamming people. I mean, I know, I know it's only once a day, but I still feel like I'm spamming people, but I don't know what else to do. What else do you do? I don't, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. And so you're just out here trying everything I can to get noticed just to get people to listen and you know um I mean and it's slowly growing but I mean it's you know it's it's, but it's tough and like I said I've asked people how do how do I get you to listen I'm always surprised though like honestly like I'm in these fight groups and there's 15 the one group's got 15,000 well 15,000 people are signed up I'm sure 14,000 of them are gone but I mean not a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of them are dormant accounts or people that aren't active or whatever. But, you know, whatever. There's a few thousand fight fans, we'll put it that way, in these groups. 
At the very least, a few hundred. Um, five, six, seven hundred. Well, how do I get, and I'm always surprised, like, they go on that they like old hockey, they love the old time, you know, oh, they don't do it anymore, and they bitch about today's game, and they miss the old time hockey. <laughs> well, this podcast is old time hockey. We mean, we had the Brown Probert thing, we're going to talk about one, Troy Crowder, and a bunch of guys coming up here. You know, we talk, I've had, you know, like, enforcers on as and guests, and, and I was like, but you, you don't listen? But then these think, ah, I listen to Spit and Cheglets and I listen to, you know, it's like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I get it. But it's like, when you listen to podcasts, why wouldn't you listen to this? Now, if you listen to it and you didn't like the sound of my voice or you thought I was a fucking idiot and you didn't like the show. Okay, well, that's whatever. At least you gave it a chance. But I talked to some guys and it's like, like even when they were replying to that Probert Brown thing, I'm like, well, you should listen to, oh, I've never listened to your show before. It's like, how the fuck have you not listened to my, like... Not even once? Like, did you not even notice that I was posting episodes? Like, did nothing even in the episodes that I wrote, the show topics, like, nothing got your attention? All these years, nothing's gotten your attention, and you're, like, an old-time fight fan? Like, I don't, like, the Pritchard Probert or Link Gates or Terry O'Reilly didn't, oh, what is this? Oh, I should maybe listen to this. Like, nothing? Like, I I just, I don't get it. Like, I'm not, it's not about... Me, 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 but it's, you know what I mean? It's just like, I, I don't understand, like, I don't know, if I was a member of whatever, if I joined some fucking Civil War Facebook group, because I was really into Civil War, and every day that I went into this group, somebody was posting like, oh, in episode 10 today, we talked about the fucking blah, blah, blah on the show, I think at some point I would, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll give this guy's podcast a listen, maybe I'll be, in, you know. But you might be interesting. Like, I, I don't know. Am I fucking up my ass? Or, I, I mean, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I'm on, when I'm on Twitter, and I'm scrolling, and somebody's talking about gambling or something, and they're like, oh, well, there was this show about whatever, gambling stories or whatever. Well, okay, you got me interested, so maybe I'll go to the guy's Twitter account, and I start reading it, and it'll be like, oh, I, I listened to this podcast, and it was, they had this casino host on, he was telling some really funny gambling stories. Oh, okay, so then I'll tune into that, and I listened, and that's how I, you know, like, I, I, I don't get it, how do you, how do you, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I I guess I'm just talking in circles at this point, but I'm really baffled at how these guys in this, and I'm not just saying with mine, but like with Alex's show or when Joe would post his episodes, how is no one like, oh, I didn't even know you had a podcast. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Sounds interesting. Fuck, are you serious? You've been a member of this group for three years. How do you not know I don't have a podcast? Again, I don't I don't get it. What more can I do to get you to listen? Like, try it out. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know I'm just, I'm talking to the ether here. I don't. I mean, you guys are all listening, so it's not going on. It's not me, motherfucker. Yeah, I know. It's not you guys, but it's just like, I don't... Anybody listening have any ideas? What made you come and tune in? I, you know, like like I said, I'm always asking you guys for feedback. Like I said, get, get a hold of me on social media and send me a private message and be like, well, you should do this, or maybe you should do more of this, or go here, or something. I, anything. I don't know. Like I said, you guys, tell your friends. Put it in the Christmas letter. I don't know. Phone a friend, email him, text him. You should listen to this dickhead in Saskatoon. I don't know. 
Or maybe you don't want to. You don't want to get the heat put on you. Maybe I understand that too. But you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's just, it's a real frustrating exercise sometimes when you're the small show. Like I said, it's, it's easy for like Riley Cote or Cam Jansons or Chris Nyland or Matthew Barnaby to start a, to start a podcast. Cause it's like, yeah, they already have the built in name and they have a Rolodex full of like ex NHL guys, ex teammates and friends that they can phone and oh yeah, sure, sure thing, bro. And they come on no problem. Yeah, it's easy for that. And that's fine. I mean, that's, they're in that advantage. So their name will bring people like, oh, Cam Jansen has a show. Like, okay. I loved him when he played for the Blues, you know, so you'll listen to Chris Island. Oh, you know, okay. Like, I mean, I get it. You know, and I mean, obviously I don't have that cachet with the name or anything, but it's like, I don't know. I think, I think we'd kind of do some fun stuff around here sometimes. I've had some pretty cool interviews. I mean, I just don't know how to attract people. Like, I, what more to do? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. So, I'm all ears. I'm Dumbo. I'm all ears. So, anyway. Where the hell was I going with this? Oh, the L- yeah. All this from LNH salaries. Um, for the gentleman that asked me about LNH salaries, and like I said, I asked two ex-players just to confirm. Um, they, they both said about 04 to probably about 08 was the peak money time as far as the, that was kind of their time period in there. Um, you were looking at, um, kind of a, uh, I don't, I, I don't mean this in a slight, but in the terms of just for this exercise to make a point, kind of the no name guy that would come in that maybe didn't have, he did, he wasn't an American league guy or an East Coast or a big, an air quote name guy in the fight game. But he was a tough dude and he was just sort of coming out of junior. Maybe he had played half a season in the United League or something like that. He'd maybe looking at about 500 bucks a week. 500 to 750. Um, once you established yourself, maybe a thousand a week up to the most I heard was 2,500 to three grand. That was a week. Again, some of it, uh, some guys had deals where they got paid in half in cash. You know, you had to have something on the books, obviously, for the for the you know for for the uh, for the for the government. But I think there's some cash shit going on. Well, I don't think I know. So you know, straight cash, homie. So there's no taxes. Um, I know at one time, uh, Link Gates. It was. I'm not speaking out of school because it was in the ESPN article. Got paid a thousand a game cash. Um, and he paid 50 games or whatever. So there you go. Um, unfortunately that was an ESPN magazine that that came out. And I think somebody had mentioned to me when that came out, that article came out a little bit of the heat came down, uh, on the league for cash and they were told sort of told to straighten up. Although I'm sure some play, well, some players still, still did get paid in cash. I don't think it was quite as frequent as it used as it initially had been. In 0102, that type of the year thing. So um, a lot more stuff became on the books. But you had guys that had their schooling paid for. Um, you know, because that was the thing in the LNAH that attracted a lot of guys. Um, you only played twice twice a week. And there really wasn't any practices. Maybe one or two. But all the trips were short. So you were home every night. You weren't on the bus for week, you know, for days on end or 12 or 14, 15 hour journeys. And then you know, you know, four games and five nights kind of thing. There was none of that going on. So the schedule was easy. You could be at home. You could be in a major center like Montreal. 
um, and you go to school and, and that type of thing, which a lot of guys did. I believe like Varhog and Bedard and Robodos and guys like that. So, uh, yeah, so that was the big thing. Also, the team would pay for your accommodations, your apartments. Some guys had houses rented for them if they had a family. Um, yeah, so, it you know, and like I said, if you're getting Sylvain Bluan and Remy Royer and Eric Fichot, like the Quebec team was, those guys aren't coming for 500 a week. They're coming for some big cash. And I know the Quebec Radio X had a huge payroll. I know St. John, the Chiefs, uh, the one when Francois LaRue and uh, uh, a bunch of those guys came back, massive payroll. I know there was some signing bonuses. Um, I know somebody told me that there was fight bonuses put in. Because um, you had some guys that were like Jacques Dubay and stuff like that. Those guys were going to fight 50, 60, 70 times a year. So they didn't need a fight bonus. I said, holy shit, they probably would have broke the team if they got fight bonuses. But some of the guys that were tough but maybe would, you know, they just wanted to fight 15 times a year. It just sounds so insane now, but 15, 20 times, maybe to entice them. Hey, we'll give you, um, you know, a thousand, two, three, four thousand dollars for every 10 fights you get into cash. So that would entice a few guys. Um, so again, it, I always said the LNH at the, in its peak violent years was probably the toughest league in the world in terms of, Every team was six, seven guys deep. There was no off nights. Um, you were fighting every weekend. Um, and you, like I said, you had guys with 30, 40, 50, 60, in some cases, 70, 80 fights in a year. Imagine. 80 fights in a year. Of one guy. I don't think there was 80 fights in the NHL this year. This is one guy. Like I think Sean McMorrow had 86 fights one year. Um, you know, Parker at 80 fights, Swanson at 70 some fights. Like, yeah, one, so, um, yeah, so these guys got paid a lot of outside of the NHL for a high, for the high paid guy. And there was no other league that was going to pay that much. I mean, the American League, maybe, but the American League was all in the books. And I believe, don't, don't quote me, but I believe in the American League, you're on your own as far as lodging goes. Like, you got to pay your own shit. And, uh, and if you're in a high, if you're in a Connecticut or something like that, like, or New York, in that area, like, well, how much is rent there? Like, yeah. So here you got the LNH, you're getting half your shit in cash. The tax guy doesn't know about it. They're paying for your lodging. You're playing twice a week and no practices. Well, you want to know how they got the guys they got? Well, there you go. And they were making some big money. And, um, and that's why. But at the same time, if you were going to make 2000 a week or 2500 a week, you better be fighting twice a game. You know, so you're looking at four, three to four fights on a weekend. If you're going to the Friday-Saturday matchups, you better dance. And um, and they were very vocal about that. that they were paid, There was no political correctness. It was like, we're giving you this much money. You better be fighting every weekend. And like I said, you weren't, and it wasn't patty cake. Like that was some serious fights. And, um, and there was some insane how tough those go look at those rosters. So you earned that money for sure. But there was some, there were some dudes making a lot of money in that league. And it was, um, and the rinks were packed, and uh, well, like they played in the Coliseum where the Nordiques used to play. 
you know, getting 10, 11,000 people, you know, and I like every, every once in a while I see on the LNH and people talk, oh, it's a beer league. Are you serious? A beer league? Oh, oh sure. Yeah, I don't think so. Shut up. Beer league. You look at these guys, they all, at the time, when it was, like I said, when it was cruising, the money was flying, you had guys in American League, you had NHL guys, at least guys in the East Coast League. Like, these guys have been around, they had traveled, some guys were in Europe and come home, and you got bozos on the internet yelling that it's a beer league. You know, oh, yeah, sure. No. And I've talked to many people that played in that league, and, like I said, I mean, everybody sees the the YouTube channel and the crazy fights and I mean, I get it. I get why it has its reputation, of course. But, um, and it's deserved. But once the little black thing was rolling around out there and you had to put it in, um, the level of play was, was very high. And it's been often referred, an LNAH game, like I said, when the money was flying in the mid-2000s, was probably East Coast level talent in terms of playing. Um, So, yeah, when the boys wanted to, when it was time to play, it was real high-end hockey. So it was no, don't be fooled into, you, I mean, you see the crazy stick swinging and the brawls and fighting with the trainers and you see all that crazy shit and the fights where they high-five beforehand and it's like, oh my God, what is this wrestling? I mean, okay. I mean, they knew what they were doing. They were they were selling they were selling the spectacle, but at the time, but at the same time, at the end of the day, there's 60 minutes of hockey that has to be played and you got to put in, you got to keep it out and try to put it in. So, like every other hockey league. So, uh, yeah, it was solid gameplay once that. But, I mean, people aren't putting up, oh, the, the top 10 goals in the LNAH. Yeah, those videos aren't out there. So, um, it, it built the rep on the craziness and okay. But, uh, no, it was some, there was some real solid players too. And, oh, and that was the other thing I should point out with the 750 to 2000 club. Those are what the enforcers were getting. Um, because they were often the, the, they were most often the sought after guys and that, that's how it was sort of bizarro world in that sense. I mean, obviously if a team could get a 50 goal guy, they're going to try to get the 50 goal guy, of course, but tough guys were highly sought after in that league. Cause that's what the people came to see. And cause, I mean, if they wanted to watch hockey, high scoring, high end hockey, they'll go down the street to the forum and watch Montreal Canadians. I mean, so they had to come up, the LNH had to come up with something a little different. And so you paid the fighters to fight, and then once the fans got their fight fill, okay, well now we got to try to win this game. And the, that's when a lot of the skilled French guys would come home, especially a lot of the guys that were over in Europe playing. They had played the Quebec League, maybe in the East Coast League, maybe as high as the IHL, the AHL, um, and but you know whatever the veteran rules. So then they went over to Europe, and they're playing over in Switzerland or Germany or wherever. Um, well, here was their opportunity to come home. And, you know, and get on with life. A lot of those guys had regular jobs or were going to school or whatever. Well, shit, you're going to work or going to school, but on the side, you got a side hustle that's paying you two grand a week. And yeah, now you're farting through silk, man. So yeah, I mean, you're a pretty good gig. Or if you have like a normal job and then at night you're playing, like I said, they didn't really practice once or twice a week, maybe. But say you have a pretty decent, like, and there were some guys that had some pretty, like, decent, like, shoot jobs, you know, and, uh, you know, their daily jobs. And then all of a sudden, like I said, now they're getting two grand on top of that to play. Man, oh man, doing pretty good. So yeah, gravy train was rolling for a bunch of years out there in Quebec. So yeah, don't be fooled into this. Don't be, I know you'll read the shit that, oh, the beer leg. Yeah, no, you know, these guys weren't playing for, 
fucking, a, you know, three slices of cold pizza and a couple Molson fucking Canadians after. Like, no. It was it was some serious shit and some serious money getting thrown around. So, there you go. I hope that answers your LNAH salaries question. And like I said, that's not just me pulling shit out of my ass and speculating. Well, some of it was a bit of speculation, but I did confirm it with two ex-players from that time frame. And, uh, yes, so my numbers are accurate. All right. Well, yeah, didn't have much to talk about. We're already 50 minutes in. Hey, this is not bad. All right, like I said, I threw out the um, the topic one hit one. Okay, and that's the other thing. And it's been since been deleted. I'm not going to say who it was because whatever. And I hope he listens to this. It was an ex player. When I threw out the topic one hit wonders, it was in no way to slight the guys. I got this like, well, they, at least they made it to the NHL. I don't know what we need to shit on them for. Like, no one's shitting on them. Like, you're taking what I wrote too literal. Like, that's why I said some guy, some of you guys need to dial down the sensitivity a little bit. Like, I'm, and especially, who are you talking to? Like, you follow my account. You and I have, I'm just, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but you and I have had conversations about you coming on the show. You know what I do here. And I've seen you, you've seen, I've posted pictures and videos. I'm always complimentary about the guys. I'm here, this fourth line voice, it's the whole point of this show, is to highlight the enforcer and showcase it. That was the point of this entire exercise, this whole podcast, why I started it. So, you know, come on, dude, spare me the fucking, I don't know, why are you taking shots at people? Like, what do you mean, I am taking shots at people, are you serious? No one's taking shots at anybody. Come on, like... Dial, like I said, dial down the sensitivity a little bit. Like, you know, and who are you talking to? Like, come on, man, you know better than that. You know, of all people, I'm not some fucking asshole that's on here shitting on players and calling them little dummies that fought and, you know, they shouldn't be in hockey. Or, like, what do you, what? No, you may, anybody that plays elite level hockey from junior up, you're already a friggin' unicorn to be completely honest and then it filters 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 down yeah the fact that you made the nhl i don't care one shift you made the nhl like yeah no one's taking that accomplishment away from them but it it just for the sake of the exercise it was a guy that maybe played one season and and then he was back in the minors that's that was the point of i'm not shitting on oh they weren't good enough to stay you know like no i i believe me I know there's plenty of guys that are in the minors that were tougher than most of the guys that were in the NHL. Well, I'm well aware of McLaren and Engelstad and Bialois and Yablonski and all these guys were were just as tough as freaking half the NHL guys were. I know that. But they were down there for whatever reason, either the skating or their skills weren't good or somebody at least, or that was someone's, you know, notion anyway. Or they're just in a bad spot, or they just had the minor league label put on them. Who, you, who, I, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because that's probably what was put on you. So, you know how it is. It's all fucking politics and bullshit. You know, guys listening know that. So, no, I was actually really kind of, uh, that really annoyed me this afternoon when I read that. It's been since deleted. And, and I'm going to, I sent you a message. I haven't checked my messages here. 
But I mean, you come on. There was no disrespect intended. So stop with that. Stop. But so I will say with some of the one year wonder stuff, um, some of the names thrown out, um, eh, I mean, I, I mean, I guess you can't, some people took what I was saying, like extremely literal. Um, and I mean, there's nothing really absolute in this. Like I said, we're just talking, having some fun with this. Like, the, the first name that came up, and it actually came up in my mind, but the first name that came up in the comments was Troy Crowder. Um, and then it was pointed out, well, he did play a couple seasons in Vancouver and LA and, yeah, he kind of did. But I mean, really, he kind of had the one year in New Jersey. And then after that, it was very injury filled. Although I didn't realize he played that many 30 some games in Vancouver. I didn't think he had played. I only thought it was like single digits. I didn't realize he had played that much. Um, but it was probably more a year and a half, I guess, in total. Um, and it was the same thing with a guy like, um, um, like a Kevin Sawyer or a Doty Wood. Yeah, like, you know, you're sort of stretching it. Or there was guys that played like maybe 10 or 15 games for like three seasons. But the one year they maybe played 50 games. Ah, you know, it would be like, um, would, would, would be like a Garrett Burnett. Um, who, who literally played 39 games with Anaheim. And that was it. He didn't play any other games or wasn't, he didn't play two games the year before or three games with some other team two years later. That was the one. So I guess that would be for the, for the literal term, that would be the one year wonder would be that example. Um, I stretched it a little bit with this just for the sake of, we need something to talk about here. Um, but anyway, I wrote down some stuff. But with Troy Crowder was the first name that kind of came up in the comment section. It was the first one that I had actually came, it popped into my head. Um, again, he had been called up at random other times. Um, but it really, he had the one big year, um, where it was, you know, the 19 fight year in New Jersey. Uh, obviously with the big Probert thing and everything else. Um, yeah. And like I said, it, it, it's interesting. And I, I mean, I did a whole, Myth and reality episode on Troy Crowder, whatever, however many episodes ago, but, um, to be completely tough guy without a doubt and all that. Again, none of this is a disrespect thing or any of the, I, you, hey, again, we're not here to shit on anybody or disrespect anybody, but I, but for this exercise and just talking about Troy Crowder, I've always said I never understood the Crowder thing. To me, it's, he had, he was, he, I always say he literally had four good months or four good fights. Cause go look at his, I mean, you had the Probert win, then you, you had him buckling Chikrin, Cox. And then actually, you know what he had a, and then the one pro, the Probert rematch fight he did all right in. That's four. Go back and look at the rest of Horasek and Barubi and he losing to Kimball and a bunch of nothing fights. I mean, you know, and I mean, he got called up there in the playoffs against Boston. He had the fight with Miller and Byers. Yeah, they're okay. But then he had the fight with Cordick that was okay. But really, other than that, I will say a fight that I watched tonight that I didn't know he had was in L.A. in the preseason uh, when he was with the Kings. He fought Darren Langdon a couple times. And him and Langdon had a, had a real good one, uh, one of them. 
But other than that, I've, I've never understood the Crowder thing. But everybody just gets so hyped about it. And to me, he was a, he had a five fight career. And after that, a bunch, you know, some okay fights, but nothing that I would put him head and show that, that can, that gets him the notoriety that he's gotten. I don't get it. But whatever. That's my opinion on Troy Crowder. But I would say he fits in this. Another name that came up that I didn't think of, but then I was like, oh yeah, totally. Doug Dowell. Uh, you know, up with the Bruins. Um, he played a few games, uh, played 35 games. Um, what do I got written here? How, how many tilts did he have? Uh, oh, I didn't even write down how many. Oh yeah, 35 games, 21 fights. And like, yeah, 35 games, 21 fights. Yeah, with the Bruins. And then he played two games with Washington, had three fights. How's that? He get, that was like the year later. And Brashear, Andre Juan Karen threw his three fights in the two games with Washington. And then what? Really? They sent him down? Jesus, tough crowd. Um, Doug Dow was awesome. Like, just wide open, toe to toe guy. Like, oh, there, yeah, there's a guy. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, go to YouTube and go down the Doug Dow rabbit hole. Tremendous. Um, somebody, Wayne Van Dorp. Ah, there you go. Now, see, there's a guy. This falls into, he played 125 total games. Um, you know, three with Edmonton and then 25 with Pittsburgh. He had the one big year in Chicago where he played 61 games, 300 minutes of penalties. So I guess that's the one year wonder, but he did play, you know, sparingly over with a bunch of different teams. But, um, I don't know. I mean, 125 games, he had 47 tilts. Um, he was really good in the minors in the American league with Rochester and stuff. He was in some really great battles. Um, got to the NHL and was just, you know, I don't know. I always kind of liked Van Dorp for some reason, though. Apparently, he drove a windowless van, too, which kind of even cracks me up. But apparently, he's a bit of a different dude. But uh I don't know. I, I like on my YouTube channel, the Quebec practice fight with him and Raglan. Then he's interviewing after the press, and he's like, ah, he's asking. He's acting like an ass all day. And Yeah, well, classic Van Dorp. I don't think, I think he, uh you know, I don't think he was afraid to express himself in the locker room. But I don't know. I dig Wade Van Dorp. He's all right. Um, well, you know what? Another guy, uh, that could definitely fall into this. And I think, I think people mistakenly, again, think he played a lot longer was, uh, Link Gates. Um, you know, he only played 65 career games. You know, he, he got called up right when he was like 21 or 22 with Minnesota, had the fight with Coaster and stuff. Um, got called up again with Minnesota, maybe played 10 games. And then he got picked up in the expansion draft with San Jose, played the one year and then got into the car accident and that was it. And, um, yeah, 60, you know, 65 games, 27 fights. Um, like I said, it's a shame about the car accident because like I said, with San Jose, I mean, pink peak link gates was the fight with Probert in the cow palace when Probert was, you know, pretty, pretty well in his prime and, and link was with him punch for punch and toe to toe. And at that point, was he 24 years old, 25? I mean, just sort of entering what could have been his, you know, some prime few years and, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, off ice issues, but the car accident was the big one. He had a brain injury and was never able to regain NHL form after that. Yeah, he played in the minors for a while and bounced all over the place and, you know, um, basically just became a shell of himself. But, you know, and then of course he had the alcoholism and all that to it. And, um, you know, but yeah, it's a shame about the car accident. And like I said, Gates should have, I've always said with Link, he should have had a 10 year career. 
And it's too bad as fans, we missed out on, it would have been, uh, it, you know, it would have been interesting to see him going forward in his prime years, the damage he could have done. Um, well, as I said, the affirmation, uh, uh, the late, uh, Garrett Burnett, um, Kyle Friedrich, there's another guy. Um, he only played 23 games, had 10 tilts, unfortunately head injuries. Um, uh, he had to retire early, but mountain of a man. It's like six foot six, massive dude, you know, forever will be linked with the fight with Ryan Vandenbush. If you guys have never seen what I'm talking about, Kyle Friedrich, Ryan Vandenbush, go to YouTube, look it up. One of the most vicious fights of all time. Um, but yeah, I'd love to get him on the show. I know he follows me on Facebook. I'd like to get a hold of him and talk to him. Um, you know, he played a couple of years in the IHL with the Detroit Vipers. Um, looked really good in the fights I saw. Was really one of the few guys that I've ever seen really take it to Mel Engelstad twice in one game. Um, yeah, he was just a massive guy. I played with the Regina Pats and Junior and watched him here. And yeah, it's a shame with the injuries, but yeah, massive dude. I would have been like, again, w- without the injuries, it would have been interesting to see the damage that he could have done. Big guy like that. Oof. Um, somebody brought up Morissette, Moose Morissette. Uh, you know, he only actually played 11 NHL games, had 11 fights, infamous for dropping Probert. Um, but yeah, legendary minor league tough guy. Like Moose was un- incredible. The fights he had in the minors. Um, yeah. Uh, Doty Wood, another guy, amazing in the minors. Um, played 106 NHL games at 60 tilts. Um, but one of those, I know he had back-to-back seasons there in San Jose where 32 games and 44 games. So I don't know. I can't really consider him a one-year wonder, so to speak. But in the flavor of it, I get what you're saying. Um, he kind of, he, he, he wasn't there for long, but, uh, you know, uh, still 100 games. But incredible, undersized guy, but had the whole duck underneath thing. He's the first guy that I ever saw do that. Um, I know Huxley, Adam Huxley, and a bunch of guys eventually went on to do that, but... Dodie Wood was the first guy that I ever saw really uh, do the duck under the arm thing as a tactic. Um, Patrick Cote, again, 105 games, uh, 73 fights. Um, but yeah, in that one, in his rookie year, like he played sparingly. We drafted by Dallas, played like 10 games and whatever. But he played the, in Nashville. He played the one big year there when he had the 37 fights and led the league as a rookie. Looked really great in the 37. He was awesome with Nashville. And then, unfortunately, he had the drug bust at the border, and that was the end of his career. And he was forever into the LNAH. But, uh, yeah. Um, somebody brought up Steve Martinson again. He would play sparingly between uh, Minnesota and Montreal. Um, ended up playing 47 games, had 19 fights. Uh, Ryan Flynn, 31 games, 18 fights. Again, kind of a smattering of games here and there. Um, Kip Brennan, there was one. I uh, ended up 61 career games, 38 fights. Um, if you listen to my episode, my interview with Daniel Amesbury a few weeks ago, um, he uh, he had a little run-in with Kip Brennan down in the Central League. Um, he, has, he has a few things to say about that. Um, but yeah, Brennan, uh, Kevin Sawyer. Again, Sawyer, yeah, kind of, but he played kind of played two seasons because he, 110 total games of 79 fights. Um, but yeah, old Sawyer, the destroyer there in Anaheim. I was always down with Kevin Sawyer. He was, he's cool as shit, man. Um, 
Mark LaForge, that was an interesting one somebody threw out. A real high pick, um, you know, but he only ended up playing 14 games, had the four fights. Somebody said, because and everybody, when he was playing for Hartford, of course, he had the infamous fight with uh, Darren Kimball in Quebec, and or Darren Kimball's with Quebec, and that was the one where LaForge just gets busted open. He's bleeding all over. Um, somebody had told me that they played with LaForge years later in the minors, and he told them, like, he was just never the same after that Kimball fight. That Kimball fight kind of wrecked him. And, uh, yeah, he wasn't long for the NHL after that. Um, Mitch Fritz, there's a good one. Oh, there's a one year. Played, played the 20 games in the island, had six fights. Um, but yeah, probably most notable, big win over George Rock, which not many people have. And big Mitch had one. So, but yeah, another mountain dude, mountain of a man. I've always heard the rumors. I, I hear he's a, he's a prison guard now, apparently out in BC. That's somebody told me. So, yeah, like I said, there'll be no jailbreaks on his watch, I don't think. Um, some of the names that people threw out, like a Steve Fletcher, Brett Gallant, Justin Johnson, Steve McLaren, you know, much like in the, in the Morissette vein and the, and the LaForge, um, you know, they played 10, well, some guy, two, or, well, Justin Johnson, I think it was one game, but like one, two, 10, 15 games. So I don't know if I really consider them one year wonders, so to speak, um, but Darcy Verreau, 37 games, 10 fights with Washington. Um, Gordy Dwyer, yeah, again, 108 games, smattered over a few different seasons, 59 fights. Um, Rocky Thompson, you know, came up with, uh, played a couple games in Calgary here and there, uh, but 25 total games, had 20 fights. Um, another, another one that I threw out that I thought would kind of fit into this would be Alex Stoinoff. Um, Again, I know he played kind of two seasons. He played a total of 68 games. Um, but, um, 95, 96, he played 68 games with, with Vancouver and Pittsburgh. And then the following year, he played 35 games with Pittsburgh. And then that was, and that was it. But yeah, he had 24 tilts. I was a massive Stoinoff fan. Um, he got, he had some rough luck with some injuries and shit though. But, um, and I know he always gets shit on for the, you know, he got traded from Marcus Nasland, and of course everybody's like, oh, the best trade we ever did, and it was. I mean, but, it, you know, everyone's always a hindsight genius, right? Um, but at the time, like I said, if you go back and look at Stoyanov's numbers, because at the time, in the in their mid-90s, everyone was looking for Probert. Everybody wanted a big guy that could fight and could score. I mean, you know, like, even to this day, people are looking for that. But back then, it was at a premium, and you go back, and he was a kingpin in the OHL and he was drafted but if you go back and look at his American League numbers dude did like 20 goals and like 200 minutes and was winning his fights and then he got what was the one call up it was like four games he had like four goals so it's like holy shit they yeah no doubt they thought they had something and then he but he just had the rough injuries but I get why they why you know why Pittsburgh made the trade you know because Pittsburgh was getting pushed around they were soft and like, here's a big guy that, you know, he scored 20 goals in the American League, 200 minutes, six foot four. And, and like, you go watch his fights. He was getting into awesome fights with like Chase and Poshek and all those guys. So it's like, shit, we found our guy. It just didn't work out. But like I said, everybody, you know, loves to point and laugh now. But, you know, at the time, I get, if you go back and look at the track, I get why they made it. Cause at the time, who's Marcus Naslin? Like I said, oh, yeah, I went to Vancouver, and yeah, he blossomed and became, you know, the big deal in Vancouver. He wasn't anything in Pittsburgh. 
he was a middle of the road, second line European soft winger, like dime a dozen, you know. But like I said, everybody likes to act like it was just, oh, I can't believe they'd make that trade. Well, at the time, you would. But yes, again, hindsight, everyone's a genius, right? But, um, yeah, I don't know. Other, oh, well, Sasha Lakovic, you know, 37 games, 12 fights. I mean, again, he played in Calgary, New Jersey, but again, you know, 30 games here, 12 games there. So, um, yeah, he would definitely fit in there, old Sasha the Masha. But, uh, and then last one, Al Tour, somebody threw, uh, Tony threw out that one. That's a good one too. You know, 57 games, 22 tilts. Um, again, couple different teams, but he kind of had the one year there in LA. So, um, yeah, I mean, this, you know, like I said, this exercise doesn't really have any, like, I guess this bid has no ending. I mean, that's just, I'm just throwing out names. I mean, I'm sure, you know, we could go down the rabbit hole and list 300 guys. But, you know, for the sake, these were the guys that were in the comment section and a couple of the names that I pulled out as well. And uh, I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting, you know, you, you, it's the names, you know, the kind of, the brief uh, appearance on the scene and, uh, they were like a comet, you know, and then they were, and then they were gone. But, um, again, and, and to go back to my original point, there was no disrespect in this list. And, you know, or like, I'm not knocking any of these guys, the Lakovics or Rockies or Mitch Fritz's and only only played 14 games. Uh, like, no, that's not what this is about. It was just, you know, you're throwing it out there. Hey, motherfucker played 14 games. How, how many, how many games did any of us listen and talk and play? Exactly. So no one's shitting on anybody. It was just, uh, you know, I, I just thought the exercise would be kind of interesting to throw out there and throw some names out and what, what people were saying. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was cool. It was fun to look up some of the names. And, um, and like I said, I, I completely forgot about, uh, Doug Dowell or, or, you know, and, and guys like that. And, um, Kip Brennan and Ryan Flynn. Not that you forget about them. You just kind of like, oh yeah, right. You know, and yeah, it was, um, I always, I always forget with Gates though. Like I said, it seemed like he was around, like, cause he, it just seemed like he played for, I don't know why. It just seemed like he played for more than that, but he didn't. He, he literally played one year, you know, 49 games or whatever with San Jose. And then like I said, 12 with Minnesota, you know, but it seemed like he was around longer. I mean, maybe that's just me, but I don't know. It just seems like he was, but yeah, anyway, um, I don't know. Hey, shit. It talked an hour and 15 minutes. I just looked at the screen. Um, yeah. Anyway, guys, I don't, I don't know. What does this episode do? I, I don't know. I'm just talking. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it doesn't really have any ending or anything, but there we go. Episode 219 in the books, but, uh, uh, like I said, guys, I have an interview lined up on Thursday night, so I'm um, really looking forward to that. Hopefully, we can, uh, like I said, we can make it work, and uh, that will be Sunday's episode, so you don't have to listen. You don't have to listen to me come up with a list again. But yeah, guys, no, if a- anybody out there listening, um, Dante, Jim, I appreciate all your guys' support, and uh, with the emails or the text messages, uh, uh, suggesting things and stuff like that, and uh, you know, Dave, all you guys. I appreciate everyone's, if I don't get back to you right away, it's not, I'm not ignoring you or think the idea is stupid or anything like that. I'm just literally just like, I am just really busy. And, uh, 
and I'm always trying to reply. I always try to reply to all my notifications. So um, I don't mean if I miss you, it's not on purpose. But uh, I want to thank you guys for taking the time and, and throwing out suggestions and all oh, of this interview or that interview. I, it's definitely stuff I want to follow up on. And if my replies to you seem a little curt or kind of like, oh, I thought you'd be more into that. It's not. I am. It's just, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm busy and I'm trying to, I, and I don't want to poo-poo your idea or anything like that. In terms of player interviews, I definitely want to do it. Um, but again, it comes down to, I want to research the guest, get the questions right, um, and be prepared. I don't want to just wing it. And, um, I mean, it's like anything. I Could I wing it? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, turn on Hockey DB and fiddle fuck my way through the interview. I mean, there's, there are a bunch of shows that already do that. I don't want to be that one of those shows. And I don't want to do that to the guest. I want to be prepared. And so when you guys throw out names to me, it's not that I'm like, Cause like, oh, I can get, you, I can get them on the phone. You can do it this week. It's like, okay, I don't have time this week to do questions or research is really what I'm saying. It's not that I don't want to do the interview. It's just, I want to be prepared. So I will get back to you. I, and all you guys, all of you guys that have suggested people or I've talked to him. He said, you do your show. I appreciate that. And I really, really do that you, that you're, you're that invested in the show. I can't thank you guys enough for that. At the same time, that, I'm just explaining my, that's my answer. That's why you get the answers I give you. I'm not trying to shit on the guest or like, oh yeah, okay, sure thing, buddy. Sure thing, bud. Like, no, I'm not saying that. It's just, I don't have time right now to do the research on certain guys that I want to, but I definitely want to revisit that and I definitely want to have them on the show because a guest is a guest, right? And I think they're, they'd be, they fall into the category of this show and I think the listeners would be really, would really love to hear Everyone that's been suggested to me is a guest that I'd like to talk to. So um, for everyone that has, I am definitely going to get back to you and we will definitely set something up. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any show ideas or whatever, throw them my way. If you're like, hey, I could come on and talk about this, please, <laughs> please, I would love to. Um, I always said the show is listener driven and I love talking to fellow fight fans. And if you guys have, hey, if I want to come on and talk about Darren Langdon's fights from this and or how I think you are middleweights and all that. Hey, if you guys have sat down with and come up with a topic and have talking points, shit, yeah, I'll let me know. Come on one night, we'll hit record the way we go. And I, like I said, I'll just I can I can you feed me and uh, yeah, you talk and I will throw in my two cents here and there and we can make an episode for sure. So yeah, if you have a topic you want to talk about, hit me up and. Uh, I will be more than, I would more than love to hit record and, uh, cause you're literally making my life super easy. Um, and at this time, at this point of the year, that's kind of what I need. So, um, yes, definitely. I'm always open for suggestions for shows. So, um, anyway, guys, I want to thank you guys. Like I said, I know there's a million podcasts out there. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you stick with me. Again, as I said at the, during the show, if you have a friend that's an old-time fan or he used to be on Fried Chicken or he used to be a member of the HockeyFights.com message board and he's not on social media anymore or whatever, hey, give him, send him the link to this show and uh, tell him this is like the message board but in audio form. At least that's what I'm trying to go for. Because um, I, I always say I rely on you guys to spread the word. But uh, if you could rate and review my show on whatever platform you're listening to, um, it definitely helps me out. And... Uh, 
as I always say, one of my favorites, please download, do not stream. I, I get paid by the download, but also it helps me with the analytics and, uh, and you just see what's going on and who's listening and where and what time and for the duration and all that stuff. There's not, there's a lot of stuff that go into the numbers and stuff that is, is more than just a, a financial reason. But, uh, anyway, guys, I'll shut up now. I hope everyone has a good rest of the work week and, uh, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter and on Facebook. Hit me up as well as on YouTube. 2,700 videos. Go check it out. Type in whoever you're looking for. Boom, boom, boom. Everything's sorted. Up it'll come. All right, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you again on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 